Welcome to episode 38 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. This week, we're going to be talking about John Wick 3, Parabellum. Christian saw the movie Booksmart. I'm going to give an update on three movies we have previously talked about on this podcast, and I finally got around to seeing. E3 is currently happening, so we're going to be talking about some of the news that interests us most that has been released so far. And finally, we're going to end with our Amazon review game. But first, Christian, you saw Booksmart this week. How was it? It was so, so good. It, it really, I, like, I knew it was getting good ratings going into it. I was excited to see it. It really blew me away. Uh, so I've seen a couple previews for it. I've heard some good things about this. Who is in Booksmart? Not really anybody, to be honest. Like, it's, it's mostly all just kids. Because it's it's about these two girls in high school who are graduating, but they've never been to a party, so they want to uh, they want to do that. They want to experience like a, a a cool high school party before they leave high school, and so it's really just about them. Jason Sudeikis is a decently big name, uh, so is Lisa Kudrow, but they're only really in it for about five ten minutes apiece. Because uh, it mostly focuses just on the kids. On uh, the basic premise you ju- just said about two girls wanting to go to a party, it seems to be somewhat in the same vein as Superbad. Is that true, or is Superbad just too far of a comparison? I don't remember Superbad that much, <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, if, if I remember, the characters in Superbad were not overachievers, right? They were just kind of like... They were trying to get laid, but yeah, they weren't overachievers. But the whole thing was like them getting alcohol to go to a party so they could get laid. Yeah, so this in this one, the two main characters are like the they're like the number one and two kids in the class academically, and so they devoted their entire high school career to just studying and getting grades and doing uh like resume building extracurriculars and stuff to get into these great schools. And then the one girl finds out that all of the slackers and jocks also got into all these great schools, even though they didn't do that. And so she kind of snaps and is like, well, we, we have to be cool then before we leave because we haven't been cool yet. That is an awesome premise because that, that happens in real life. <laughs> yeah. She, she has like a full on breakdown when she finds out that like this girl that she's kind of rivaled herself with has also gotten into the same college she did. Uh, so is I'm guessing that this is a comedy. Yeah, it is a comedy, and it's so so funny. It's also Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, and I I really like her as an actress. I've seen her in a lot of different stuff, so I was excited to see what she did as a director, and she really nailed it here. So just looking up, it looks like it stars Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein, and you're right, I. Do not see anything that they've really been in, at least starred in. Yeah, like I know Beanie Feldstein wasn't a wasn't like a lead, but she was in Neighbors too. Um, that's probably the only other thing I've ever seen her in. Uh, Caitlin Dever, I think I'd never seen before. Yeah, it looks like she has some minor roles in television shows, but I I've not heard of either of them. Looking at the cast list, you're right. Jason Sudeikis is the only one I have I have heard of. Do you know how this was received at the box office and by critics? Um, yeah. So, the, one of the big reasons I was so excited for it was that 
it came out to a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that is pretty rare. It has held that position pretty well. The tomato, like the the critic score right now is at a 97 and the audience score is at a 76. I I lean probably closer towards 97. It was it it was so much funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like literally from almost the jump, I was laughing pretty consistently the whole way through. You're really talking this up. I, I think I'm going to have to go see this. It was great. Like it, it's funny, and it also like it does a good job about kind of recreating like the high school feeling. Like it, it makes you kind of miss the the people that you never really interacted with, but they were just kind of always around, and and like you would interact with them kind of minimally, but they were never in your group. And it's like, man, I wonder what happened to those people. Like it's it's it does a good job with with kind of capturing a, a high school nostalgia without actually needing to show you like what like okay so there's no there's no like 90s nostalgia or 80s nostalgia or 2000s nostalgia it's just kind of the feeling of being in high school it doesn't capture a chronological time so much as just a time in your own personal life and it's it's very cool uh after this movie did you start facebook stalking some people i thought about it i'm not gonna lie I am I am now actually pretty excited to see this. Um, I loved Superbad when it came out. It was it, when I was in high school. I think like that and Borat were two of the movies I had laughed the most at like ever, and like very hard laughed at some of those scenes because I thought they were so funny. So I'm I am really excited to go check this one out now. Do you know how it's been received at the box office? Uh, it's not bad to be honest. Like it didn't do very well in, in our theater cause we're in a tiny market. Like it's, it came out May 24th and it's already gone from our theater. So I, like I, I wanted to watch it this week cause I knew it was going to be leaving on Thursday. Um, but the week it came out, it was number sixth in the country. The uh, weekend two, it was number eight. I'm not sure what it did. Uh, just this I think that was this just this past weekend. So yeah, uh, six and eight nationwide is pretty good for a, a movie that isn't really like a, a big blockbuster or anything. Yeah, I mean, just go check it out if it's still in your theater because it's I, I I really really enjoyed it. I I think it deserves to get some uh, some good word of mouth, and I I think it deserves to make some money. Isn't it weird? I f- you know what's odd is. I feel like a movie like this, which you really like, thinks funny. It's not going to get any recognition at the Oscars. Like the Oscars should have a best comedy category or something like that. I hope this gets something like even just a nomination. Like it deserves it. There were some truly wild characters that, that were just because that's that's what it is. Like the characters make this movie. Like it was it was a fairly generic story. It's just kind of a coming of age two girls trying to go to a party and and like be cool and talk to their crushes like the story was not original but like it was absolutely the the kids and the characters in this that made this movie what it was so last week i was actually out of the country so i've not been able to watch a ton of new stuff but on my plane ride it was awesome I've, i i flew international and you were able to pick movies and watch them in a tablet in front of you I've never really experienced that, so I ended up catching up on some movies we have previously talked about, which were mostly big ones I just I just never got around to. So the first one I watched was Bumblebee, and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, didn't we, Christian? We did, yeah. 
I thought it was okay. It was not what I was expecting. The opening, like, five minutes I thought were awesome. Unreal, right? Yeah, like, the Transformers on Cybertron, I was like, I hope this is what the whole movie is. You have class- <laughs> you, you had classic Optimus Prime, you had Bumblebee, and you just had the war, and it looked so good. And then... We switch and we go down to Earth. I did I mean you probably told me this, but I forgot John Cena was in it. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I was pumped. And then it just transitions to this weird like 80s kid like teen movie where a girl has to save the world with the Transformers. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I'm excited that you got to see it. But I, I agree. I, I've talked about this with a friend of mine that I work with, and we both said like the first five minutes of this movie is the best Transformers movie we've ever gotten. Oh, I know. And it, it leaves me somewhat optimistic about the future of the Transformers franchise because this one seemed to nail parts of it so well. I don't like that they don't have Bumblebee uh, with a voice, but I think they're kind of locked into what they chose to do before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like that this was... Like, this really mimicked, like, an 80s movie, which it was set in the 80s, where there's parts of this movie that just meander, like, them going to egg the girl who was mean to her's house and destroy her car. (laughs) Completely unnecessary, Uh, but, you know, it's there. And, like, 80s movies used to have those scenes that really weren't central to the plot, but they just went because they were kind of fun uh, scenes. I like the girl who acted as the, the main girl, and I like the nerdy friend. Uh, overall, you know, it, it was a pretty fun movie, and hopefully the Transformers franchise learns from this one. Yeah, I I really like this as, as a Bumblebee origin story. I remember when they announced that this is what this next Transformers movie was going to be, I kind of groaned and was like, nobody wanted this. But it, like it, it, it was probably the best Transformers since the original. The second movie I watched was Aquaman, and I really enjoyed Aquaman. I thought the first 10 minutes with uh, Aquaman's parents meeting was a bit long and maybe a little bit unnecessary, but Jason Momoa was great in this. I love the opening scene of him saving the submarine and just going around like he's he's so good at playing like a uh, kind of like a like a more disinterested Thor where he knows he's strong and he just kind of grumbles around and fights people i think i think that is a great way to play aquaman because norm otherwise aquaman's kind of boring yeah he made it very fun you the one thing i remember when we talked you were like there's a lot of underwater scenes and you are right there are a ton (laughs) of underwater scenes in this i thought they were okay you could clearly tell at some points like the characters were cgi though which was a little jarring yeah, really? My biggest complaint about this one was that final battle that was just like, I I never knew what was going on. Yeah, they just, you went out there and it's like, it was the battle of all the kingdoms, but you really only met the Atlanteans, and then you had the crab people also there, and then the mermen, and then the giant kraken or whatever it was that he befriended, and like the goblin people, it was it was too much. On the note of uh, all those different people, did you recognize or did you remember who the the different voices were for some of those CG characters? No. 
So the the head of the mermaid people, who is, I mean, spoilers, killed immediately. <laughs> yes. Is Demon Hansu, who is in the Marvel movies. He's in the the uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's in Captain Marvel as I can never remember his name. But he was he was like Ronan's second in command in Guardians of the Galaxy. The head of the crab people is John Rice Davies, who is Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh, really? Yep. And the voice of the sea monster was uh, Mary Poppins. I was a little confused about this one. I didn't know if Aquaman took place before or after the Justice League movie, because I can't remember if he had like the powerful spe- uh, spear or I guess trident or not at that point. I'm pretty sure Aquaman takes place after Justice League. Yeah, because at the beginning of this, they all like people already know who Aquaman is. I, I feel like this movie should have had more Jason Momoa and less of everyone else. <laughs> I was shocked to see Dolph Lundgren. I did not know that he was in this. I didn't realize who was he playing. He was uh, he was Amber Heard's father. Oh, I, I didn't even re- realize that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I wasn't paying a ton of attention, but man, there's a fair bit of people in here. And like we said, this is James Wan's like superhero debut, and he has such a weird back uh, log of movies he's directed before. I thought I did a pretty good job with it. Like, I liked Aquaman way more than I thought I would. Yeah, same. I thought it was better than Justice League, worse than Wonder Woman. Agreed. And then finally... My favorite movie of the trip, and I know that I think you kind of like this one, but you weren't really into it as much because you, you you never really watched wrestling, was I watched Fighting With My Family. Yes, I'm excited to hear your opinions about this one. I really like this movie. Like, I thought it's well done. I want to say it's probably the best wrestling movie since uh, Mickey Rourke and The Wrestler. It's it's good. Uh, I'm a huge Nick Frost fan, so I was glad to see him as uh, Paige's father. And I, I actually looked up the backstory after this to see what they changed. So they changed a little bit about Paige's history, uh, but I think they did so in a way to make this actually a compelling story. I love the dichotomy between her and her brother, where she essentially got his dreams, but she was kind of reluctant to go after them. Whereas you could tell, like, that's the thing he wanted. And then the resentment grew. I thought they handled that so well. Uh, I thought they handled it well, too, with her being really judgmental of her fellow workers uh, because she'd obviously been in the industry longer. And then it's like, well, she's really alienating herself. She she always felt like an outcast, but really she kind of was reading into it herself by not putting herself out there to try and befriend people like I thought this movie was really well done. Yeah, I like I I did like it. It was just like you said, I'm I'm not into the culture, so I, I was I was uh playing catch up a little bit and I, I wasn't really with it as much. Yeah. Uh, so some things that I, I want to point out that I thought were cool or things that they changed. So uh, one was page in reality was what's called NXT, which the WWE has essentially three mainstays. They have SmackDown, which I think's on Thursdays. They have Monday night raw and they have NXT. NXT is for like the next generation. It's the younger people and generally speaking from like uh wrestling nerds uh who i who i listen to i I don't watch it myself it's supposed to be like the best of them because vince mcmahon 
isn't uh, involved in it at all. It's run by <laughs> Triple H. And they allow the storylines to go organically. And it seems like it's just really well handled. So she was the champion of that one before transitioning into uh, the actual main stable of SmackDown or Raw. I forget which one she was. So uh, she actually didn't just come out of nowhere to win the Divas belt. And the crowd knew who she was. They weren't booing her when she came out. (laughs) Uh, She didn't actually have the three fret, like the three workers who were um, like models and stuff. It was just kind of a supposed to be a commentary on that's what they were transitioning from when she came in in 2011 whereas the wwe before had hired just pretty girls and then tried to teach them to wrestle whereas they started transitioning to wanting women who were actually able to do this well uh even if they weren't necessarily the most attractive people um and then you can see it now like they have a really good stable of women wrestlers in uh the wwe where some people would argue the the woman side is actually handled way better than the men's side and then finally my favorite reference which i don't know if a lot of people would pick up on this so vince vaughn's character is the one who like signed her and basically was her mentor and at the end the rock references that his name's sex tape because he'll make you famous so in like real life Paige uh had made a variety of sex tapes with her then boyfriend <laughs> who he then released them. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, an embarrassment or whatever. Like she was, it seemed like she was mortified when it happened and went away from the spotlight. So I, I'm pretty sure that was a reference to that. <laughs> That's funny. And then my other, the other thing I just wanted to point out was at one point, uh, someone said references, the rock being Vin Diesel or seeing Vin Diesel and the rock just goes, Oh, I hope not. Because uh, <laughs> this takes place, you know, it, chronologically, this takes place right after I think The Rock was filming Fast 6. And, you know, him and Vin Diesel now notoriously have such a bad relationship. They do not <laughs> appear together on screen at all for the entirety of the latest Fast and Furious movie. So I just thought that was a funny little dig at Vin Diesel. Yeah, I did remember that one. Yeah. But overall, I w- if you're a wrestling fan, I really would suggest checking this one out. It's awesome. All right, and now, Christian and I both have finally seen John Wick 3 Parabellum. Uh, Christian, you are new to this series, so I want to I give you the floor first. Uh, what did you think of the first two movies? Yeah, so... I'm going to be honest, I'm going to try my best here, but I watched all three of these in the last 24 hours for the first time. So as far as my brain is aware, I basically watched one six hour long movie, so I might have a little difficulty differentiating between what happened where. But I don't know why I waited so long to get into the series, because it is great. Oh, I I agree. I think the first movie is awesome. Yeah, like I loved all three of these, and I I I think the third is my favorite. Really? Yeah. What I really like about these movies is like they just so the first ones I'd say the most you know quote unquote realistic of the three. You sort of learn about this like weird assassin world they have, and it's really just a pure revenge story on John Wick's part for them killing his dog, which totally gets the audience behind him. No one is like, this guy's going too far in this movie ever at all. (laughs) They're like, he's totally justified. And he is. He is, man. And then 
you know, in two and three, they really expand into the weird world of assassins and the crime families and everything. But I just love in the first movie when they all see him and they're like, hey, John, working again? And he's just like, <laughs> yep. And they're like, all right. <laughs> and like, close the door so they're like, I'm not getting involved. Yeah, so that was one of the things with this series is everyone's very nonchalant bet- like towards murder. So, like, it, he's he's fighting in that nightclub in the first movie and he shoots some guy, like, on stage in front of everyone. And they just keep dancing to the DJ. And like I, I'm sitting there thinking, like, are they all a part of this underworld? Or is everyone just like, oh, no, that was just theatrical. He's not definitely dead up there. Yeah, it, yeah it's I love this world. It seems like this should be a comic book world to me. Yeah, it it's it's great. Honestly, I don't remember the second one all that well. I saw it once in theaters. I remember liking it. Uh, I remember like the basic premise, but I don't remember the specifics of it. Did you like the second one? Yeah, I did. I, I think it's probably the weakest of, of them all, but um, it was still pretty fun. It was a good bridge between one and three. And then bringing us to three, three opens up on such a strong note, man. It's just, so 3 opens up uh, after you watch 2, John uh, gets essentially one hour head start because he broke the rules and every assassin in New York is starting to hunt him. And it opens up with him fighting uh, Boban Marjanovic, who is uh, an NBA player who's just this huge guy, and I think it's hilarious. He kills him with a library book. (laughs) Yeah, I was excited because Jason Manzukis was in this within like the first two minutes. He just pulls out a watch and he's like, time's running out, John. <laughs> That's another thing of like, how many assassins are there? Because it was it was no matter where he went, every single person on the street was like, there he goes. Yeah, it was either like an assassin or an associate with like crime families. It's just a lot of people. I will say I think the first 25 minutes of this movie are my favorite. Uh, I love the the fight scene in the Chinatown store where they just get into like a knife throwing contest. But I like that they try and be somewhat realistic where these fights where not every knife they're throwing is sticking at people. They're like throwing <laughs> them and hitting people with handles. And so they just keep throwing them until one sticks. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing at that where they're, like, the, they were bouncing off people's backs. <laughs> Yeah, it it's so good. And then, like, because I saw this with my buddy, and we saw that, and I was like, oh, they're going to use every weapon here. Like, you can clearly see it. And then the next thing they go into a stable, and I lean over, I go, they're going to have him kill someone with a horse. And then, like, <laughs> two minutes later, he kills someone with a horse. <laughs> when that horse kicked that guy in the head, I laughed so loudly. It was fantastic. One of my favorite bits about this new one is that parts of it were filmed in Morocco, which people may remember we were off for a couple weeks in January because I was in Morocco, and uh, they filmed a lot of this in places that I actually was, and so I, I, I thought that was really neat. I was I was excited to see uh, Essa. They said it was Casablanca. It wasn't, but that's fine. <laughs> it was Essa, which is just a, a beautiful city on the south coast, and Man, it was it was so neat to to see that, and the the scenes in uh, Morocco were probably my favorite scenes in the movie. 
Yeah, that, those I love that Halle Berry's dog were trained only to go for the bag, like you know the opponent's groins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the that extended fight in the uh, in the market was just so much fun to me. Like it, I didn't want it to ever end, and it didn't. It just went and went and went. I thought it was. I thought they were going for another route where they're going to kill another dog, and there's going to be a spinoff of like uh, Halle Berry's character. That would have been awesome. Like I was saying earlier, too, like I like that they really have dove into this world of assassins where you now have the like adjudicator where you're trying to piece together how this works, where it's like you have the high table of everyone ruling, but also you have the one who sits above who lives in the middle of the desert, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this got intense. And then you have his like his original family, I guess, where like uh, they were from Belarus and he he had that gold cross that he could cash in on. So like there are so many like interwoven crime syndicates that are that are all operating kind of in concert with each other, but also sometimes against each other, but never against the high table. Like it's there was a lot to keep track of now. I will say I mean, I I love every action scene in this movie, but I thought the ones when they're defending the Continental were so awesome. They finally introduced people with body armor and they, you know, they had like uh, guns that weren't suited for it. And you see him and the bellhop come in and they're just getting shotguns. They're like, I can't believe they have body armor. (laughs) (laughs) The fight on the motorcycles and then just the two ninjas there at the end when he fought him. And then with the main antagonist, like all of those fights are so good. I love in this movie that it's not long and drawn out. It's like he goes for like two shots, always in the head. Like it's it's just so well done. Yeah, I did love the uh, like his whole relationship with that the head ninja guy, where like he was he was kind of like being a fanboy while he was trying to kill Keanu Reeves. All all other things aside, I'm a big fan. Like, do you think we could have been buds? <laughs> and then he like he. Yeah, and they're like they're sitting on the floor after the fight is over, and and the guy looks at him. He's like, "Man, that was a good fight, huh?" I thought this was actually like the strongest. I don't know if he's the antagonist. I think maybe the adjudicator or really the the high table are, but uh, for being like his peer, I thought this was the best like villain of the series. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very fun. I I'm really excited that how they set this up for the fourth movie. I'm curious if he was really betrayed or if this is some long drawn out plot. Uh, I like I'm intrigued and I think they've already announced the next movie for 2021. Uh, and I'm pumped. And my final note on this, this series really just reminds me of a book series. Like if this had been a book series, it would have been made. It would have made sense to me. Like this is how you have to do elongated action movies. If you want to have some intrigue, like you don't put everything out there. You don't have, Someone just doing a long narrative at the beginning to explain everything. You sprinkle in bits here and there and have like the viewer try and figure it out over a couple of movies. They don't need to know the entire structure right away. I I like that you're learning it as the movies go on. Yeah. I also really like Ian McShane. I was glad he's he's been allowed to really shine in these movies. Because um, the last thing I saw him in was the new Hellboy. And oh boy, that was real bad. So I was... Uh, I was happy I I got to see like Ian Mc, Ian McShane really be awesome again. 
I am so glad you finally saw this. I think this series, this has to be the best action series to come out in at least the 2010s. I would maybe say the 2000s, but I also really love the Fast and Furious franchise, so I, I don't know if I want to put that above it yet, but as pure action movies, these are so good. They're like two, they're all like between an hour and 40 minutes and 2 hours, but they feel they do not feel long at all. Yeah, I agree. And with like with like the uh the dives into this kind of whole culture that they've invented for these characters, like I can't remember if I talked about it on this or not, but when I watched Hotel Artemis, I was kind of uh, a little disappointed by it because it didn't it didn't live up to the like world building that I had expected it to. And watching these like this is what I wanted Hotel Artemis to be. So I'm like, I'm really, really happy with these movies. Critically, this is sitting at an 89 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I have to imagine it's doing well in the box office. Uh, especially because they decided that they're going to greenlight the fourth movie within a week of it being released. Uh, Keanu Reeves is hugely popular right now, which which we'll talk a little bit more on uh, in a couple minutes here. But uh, it, it's sitting at an audience score of eighty eight percent. I agree with those. I think they're both awesome. Like I, I think this is just a great movie, and I would suggest people check them out. Uh, what do you think, Christian? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if. If you're into action movies like this is the one like um I was I think the reason that I avoided it originally is I'm not a big fan of like gratuitous violence and the first one really wasn't that bad like I mean it was hyper violent but like it wasn't really gratuitous the second one and the third one are more so like they're they're more bloody than the the first one was but they're still not like crazy bad no uh, I, I, yeah, they are extremely violent, but I think they're somewhat comically violent in parts. <laughs> I cannot remember how this went, but the first one they said, "Oh, John Wick once killed someone with a pencil." I can't remember if he killed someone with a pencil in the first one or a second one, but I remember when you did it, it was like, "Yes, he finally did it." Like this story was true. Yep, it was about halfway through the second one, he kills two guys with a pencil <laughs> because they talk about it again at the beginning of the second one. It's it's the the guy he kills in the first one's brother, I guess. And he, he starts telling the story again. And the, the guy he's talking to, like cuts him off. He's like, yeah, I know I've heard this story before. And I feel like that's how you foreshadow something like that. Like if you just said out of nowhere, you'd be like, Oh, this is cool. But it was foreshadowed for two movies. And then when he finally did, you're like, yes, like that's great. What I want from the fourth one is to finally find out what he did to get out. Cause we, I don't think we've covered that yet. It's been mentioned in every movie. And it's it was apparently like crazy beyond belief, but we've we've still like it has not been discussed or revealed like what he actually did to get out. Yeah, it was it's supposed to be like the impossible job. I hope they do uh, they do reference that, or at at some point maybe they finish up with whatever this is and do a prequel. I, I don't know, but I'm with you. I would love to see what that is. And speaking about Keanu Reeves, he actually appeared at E3. The I think it was yesterday. I can't I can't remember if it was yesterday or two days ago. Uh, to huge crowd fanfare because the internet loves Keanu Reeves right now. <laughs> uh, did you see his entrance and the heckling he got, Christian? I did. Yeah, it was very fun. Yeah. So he walked out. Uh, he's working with a game called Cyberpunk 2077. 
And someone in the crowd just yelled at him, you're breathtaking. <laughs> and he responded, no, you're all breathtaking. <laughs> he is, he's everywhere right now. Did you get a chance to see the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, Christian? I did. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. So they haven't shown any gameplay really on this one yet. So I'm curious what it is, but Cyberpunk 2077 is by CD Projekt Red. They're the guys who created The Witcher 3, which some would argue is the best game of this generation. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. I've tried to get into it a couple times. And it's, it's a game I really want to like, but I, I just cannot get into for whatever reason. Uh, but I am excited. This one looks really cool. I do like the cyberpunk aesthetics of it. Yeah, I'm I'm real interested in this one. Have you seen any other E3 announcements that you're particularly excited about, Christian? Well, I mean, I see they... Uh put out a date for final fantasy seven yeah uh march 2020 i believe this is one that uh falls under and i mean it's maybe not as apt a comparison anymore but this falls under the umbrella for me of kingdom hearts 3 which is i'll believe it's real when it's in my hand so i watch so they they are going to announce more of this that actually might be happening right now uh i'm not sure because i was listening to more about it today but they announced uh the date for it at the final fantasy orchestra tour and they showed a clip for it and i watched the clip and really all they've been showing is the first 30 minutes of the original game where it's them blowing up the one reactor and the scorpion boss fight so what I'm interested to see about this one is, number one, they originally said that this game's going to be broken into multiple parts, like Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I think will annoy me because, you know, Final Fantasy Seven it should just be one cohesive game in my mind, like it was before. And also, it doesn't appear to be turn-based anymore. It looks like it's either an action game similar to Kingdom Hearts, or it's going to be like a battle system kind of like Final Fantasy Thirteen. I, I just don't know what direction they're going uh, with those two things still yeah we'll see it's uh, like i never played seven the whole way through i liked what i played i just it was so long i would not have trouble believing they were going to put it out kind of episodically just because of its length but uh i think it would be it would be better if they just put it pushed it out all at once yeah i so seven was probably my favorite playstation game uh it's the first rpg that was in pokemon that i played and it blew my mind when i played it like i loved final fantasy 7 it's part of the reason why i got into kingdom hearts so much cloud was one of my favorite characters and in the original final fantasy 7 like cloud's not super emo-y he's humorous he has parts he has a mental breakdown and everything but i actually like cloud i hate what they did to him in kingdom hearts and then what they did to him in kingdom hearts eventually bled back into the final fantasy 7 universe with advent children and stuff and I feel like they've assassinated his character, so I'm hoping they bring back the fun and kind of a jerk cloud instead of the emo one. Because emo one is totally a product of 2003 through 2006. Like, he does not need to exist anymore. <laughs> That's my one hope of this game, is they make him fun again. I mean, there is one scene in the original, original Final Fantasy VII where you cross-dress. Yeah, I remember that one. I don't I hope they I hope they keep that. The director of the game, I think it was, said that they're trying to they're they're making this for the fans of the original, so I hope that means they're going back to what they used to have. 
two other announcements that I saw that I thought were really cool. One is that Baldur's Gate 3 was announced, and it's going to be made by the guys who made Divinity Original Sin. I really like the Baldur's Gate franchise. Um, I played it when I was in middle school and parts of high school, and I always thought they were pretty fun. I love the Divinity Original Sin series. I've not put tons of time into it, but the, the what I have, the battle systems in it are so good, and it's, I think, the closest thing we've had to a video game version of D&D where you have, like, the movement special, like, that you take your movement into account, and it's just, like, heavily um, tactics-based, and you control your whole team. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that combat in the Baldur's Gate universe. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. And then, finally, the last one that I also saw that I am pumped about, even though I think it might be an Xbox... uh, Exclusive is Psychonauts 2. Did you ever play the first one? I played the tutorial. (laughs) I think either it was like a free rental or I had like a trial disc way back in the day. I I know I played like the first 20 minutes of the first game, but I, I don't think I ever went any further. Okay, so Psychonauts, it's it's become trendy to call it a hidden gem in the past couple years because I think a lot more people played it than we realized, but it was a commercial failure. It's by Tim Schafer, the guy uh, who's famous for doing Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle and those types of adventure games. And the original game follows uh, Rasputin, who's a psychic going to summer camp to learn to use his powers, and then... He has to solve a a mystery of what's going on because the uh, other campers' brains are being stolen and you have a bunch of psychic powers that help you explore the world. And it is so much fun. I remember I rented it whenever it finally came out for the PlayStation 2 over Thanksgiving and like beat it in two days. I I love that game. So I am really excited to see that uh, they have two finally coming out. I know they released a VR game for it. I never got a chance to play it. But 2 looks like it takes place uh, soon after the first game does, where Rasputin is now working as a psychonaut, and it seems like he's solving some form of mystery where there is someone behind the big bad guy in the first game. And my guess is that this game is going to follow around you trying to find uh, out who that is. But what's so cool about this game and what has always stuck with me is each level is inside different characters' minds, and how you get into it is like they have a door they throw in, And so you go into their minds, and then that's how every world's different, and they can just be crazy things. And you have to find, like, emotional baggage to help them. You find figments of their imagination is what you collect. Uh, You can find their nightmares, their fears and stuff. And I always thought, like, it was such a well-done game. I am pumped that, I don't know, 16 years later, it's finally getting the sequel it deserves. Yeah, it sounds good. Hopefully it'll come out on something I can play. Did they ever like? Uh, did they ever remaster the old one or put it out for like PS4 or anything? I don't know if it got a remaster. I know at one point it got like released to the PlayStation Store. Uh, you could buy it. Um, I don't think it was like a remaster though. Uh, if you ever need, if you ever see it for under ten bucks, I would suggest picking it up. It's it was ahead of its time. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out. All right, and now it's time for our Amazon review game. 
So a quick recap of how we play this. Christian is going to be reading me a five-star Amazon review for a movie. I will then get two yes or no questions to help me narrow it down. Uh, I can get another review, two more questions, and a final review and two more questions, and then I'll have to guess. Uh, this week, this year, we're keeping score, so if I get it on one review, I get three points, two points for two reviews, one point for three reviews. I am ready whenever you are, Christian. All right. First review. Action, check. Special effects, non-stop. If it were a Marvel movie, no one would have had any complaints about the realism. Um, hello, this stuff doesn't happen in real life. By the way... Some of this wasn't meant to be all serious as far as stunts, and I got a few pretty good laughs out of it as well as it being entertaining. I'm giving it a 5 to help even out anything less than a 4. I will actually remember this movie. Is this movie released after 2010? Uh, yes. Alright, 2010's movie... Is this a superhero movie? No. All right, I'm going to need another review. Okay. Review two. People who don't give this movie five stars actually aren't a fan of this series. This is the third installment, not the second. Plot was better than the second movie. Stunts were over the top. Why are y'all complaining about the stunts being over the top? One thing I didn't like, however, was that the dirt bike kept running while underwater. Good movie. I'd say my favorite of the series. My only question, where did the fur coat go? It should have been in the passenger <laughs> seat. Can't wait for the next one. Oh, my God. I know a movie this is, and I am blanking <laughs> on what it's. Oh, my God. It's the lesser known Vin Diesel series. Uh, <laughs> it's. Is this Triple X Return of Xander Cage? Yes. <laughs> as soon as you said dirt bike underwater I was like no this guy's wrong <laughs> how did it run underwater <laughs> oh, that's do, 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 have you watched that series I have not dude that's another one you gotta check out yeah I, I've heard they're all pretty strange uh, those ones aren't like the first one's whatever it's a product of it's time like Fast and Furious was the second one's weird. Uh, you can probably skip it. The third one, though, because it was released so far after the other ones, I feel like it's a retaliation to Vin Diesel feeling like he's losing his Fast and Furious franchise. So he's trying to recreate it in the Triple X universe, except whoever's writing it, like has not put any checks on Vin Diesel. <laughs> so like take all the bad dialogue in the Fast and Furious movies ratchet it up and that's what you have in triple x oh my god it's so bad it's good it's bad it's so bad it's good all right guys thanks for checking out our episode before we head out christian what will you be watching or playing this week oof maybe a lot um I, I've got most of this week free, and I got, I'm got i still real behind on movies. I still want to see Godzilla. I want to see Secret Life of Pets. Um, the New Men in Black is coming out this week. 
I'm I'm not sure how I feel about Dark Phoenix. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure how I feel. I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm I'm debating whether or not I'm going to watch it or not. Uh, also, Always Be My Maybe is on Netflix, and I heard it's amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. Another one that Keanu Reeves makes a weird cameo in that I'm looking forward to. Um, that's probably going to be it. I'm going to try to get back into Final Fantasy X uh, if I have any extra time after all that. So this week I am still continuing to play Anthem. Uh, so I've, I have beat like the main storyline and I played most of it solo. So now I'm getting in with the groups and it's way more fun when you're with groups of people, like you can combo off of each other, but it's still uh, pretty like lackluster game. Like it gets repetitive. So hopefully I can platinum that this week. I, I don't have high hopes. So there's, there's some grindy stuff. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to actually re. I, I finished watching the One Punch Man anime, and I've read the comic all the way through before. And the web, I've read parts of the web comic that it's based off of. I'm going to actually, I think, try and read the entirety of the web comic. I only started maybe like 75% through to to catch up to uh, see what would happen after where it had met up with the actual manga itself. Um, so I'm going to be checking that out. I, I love that series. It's so cool. If you haven't read it or watched it, it's totally, totally worth checking out. And otherwise, I don't know much what else I, I'm going to make a real effort this summer to finish, actually start and finish Doctor Who. I made it through like four seasons before and then kind of petered out because I don't think I like the companion that season. So Restarted on episode one today. I'm going to try and by the end of September have get to be caught up on the series. Oh, that's exciting. You'll have to keep me apprised as you're going through because I have seen them all and I don't love them all, but I love most of them. guys thanks for checking out our episode if you'd like to reach us to give us amazon review game suggestions or really any other comments you can reach us at email or gambots.blog at gmail.com or we're at gambots network on twitter if you like what you're hearing and you're listening on something that you can rate please do so it would help us uh it would just help us otherwise thanks for listening guys thank you